evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blackness Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My lap mom, we out here. And we have a very special guest with us today. Today's guest, he's like an, an important person, at least in my life. Um, just a little bit of background, because I feel like it's necessary. The first time I drove on the motorway, it was this dude's car. It was a BMW. <laughs> because of this dude, wow. I think I got a BMW. <laughs> <laughs> I know that my driving has been influenced by three, three people my brother who taught me how to drive yeah. fast and furious yes. and this guy <laughs> he was also the first person to tell me about Anita my wife hey, before I'd even met her he comes to visit me and he's like yo there's some new girls at church you know I'm like oh really hey. Hey. that was the oh, plug yeah. you know like <laughs> This whole thing about podcasting that I've come to do and like I'm editing and producing different podcasts. I think the idea even originally came from this guy because we would have conversations back in the day and he was always like, we need to record these things. And we've got recordings from your sister's house. We've got recordings from friends' houses of conversations that we've had all the way back then. Like we're talking 2006, five or something silly like that, you know, back on the... (laughs) <laughs> you know um so probably even podcasting comes down to this guy that's how much of an influence he's had on my life um and I always tend to think of myself as like a, a Swiss army knife that's how I approach things and I think the original Swiss army knife is this guy in church he would do the production he'd do the music he'd drive people to and from he'd lead the worship he'd do the MC and like just does everything from videography oh. to cinematography, like yeah. So he's literally like an older brother. He's he's been a really great friend. He is currently a police officer, but he's been in the army. <laughs> he's no done a couple of <laughs> He's um he's an elder uh, at uh, Loughborough in the Loughborough Pentecostal Church. Um, so he knows his word. So, you know, you can call him up on that. But, no. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Nathaniel Tete, a.k.a. OD. Thank you Ooh. for having me. Thank you. Um, no yeah. pressure, boy. And that right. introduction, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I have, I have to breathe. <laughs> I, know I what, can't breathe. I, I saw, oh, snap. Yo, that's... <laughs> I went there. <laughs> Yeah, no, from, um, I just thought it's important to give roses, give your roses, you know, give those that deserve it. Thank you for having me. Whilst they're alive. Whilst they're alive. Yeah. All right. All right. Nathaniel, we're going to get a bit more into you and your life a little bit later on, because I've got questions. Hey. I've got questions. (laughs) Well, first we need to do Sorry Not Sorry. Mm. I think I'm in the the hot seat this week. Yes, you are. So let's do this. All right. Mo, do you want to go first or shall I? Yeah, I can go first. I can go first. Hey, guys, I'm feeling a bit tired today, okay? So be gentle. <laughs> Excuses? That's your problem. So basically, yeah. Mm. Um, oh, and Nat, you feel free to think about a question as well. Yes, know? please. Yeah. Like, slap it in there, obviously. From the eldership position and deacon and all of them things there with the, with the multifaceted <laughs> layers and them things there. Just slap it in. Calm um, down. Calm down. <laughs> so basically, um, you see in Acts when... Paul and um, Barnabas were going on their second tour. They um, Barnabas wanted to take Mark, but Paul wasn't having it. Yeah. 
to the ways. point where they they were like, "Bun this, split ways. Let's let's do our own thing." And obviously, we don't hear what happened with Barnabas and Mark, but later on in the Bible, we we hear <laughs> that obviously because yeah. Luke was just writing from things point. But yeah. later on mm-hmm. in the Bible, we hear that. Paul was yeah, saying that Mark is now beneficial to him, blah blah blah. He's a brother and them things there. And my question is, was 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 Paul a pagan? Cause no. it's like it's like he there, there wasn't grace extended to um to uh, to Mark. But he he was um he was homesick, so he left them during the first tour. Mm. Um and Paul was like, he wasn't about this life, he left us, I'm not on it. But Barnabas was like, nah, like, let's build him up. Like, we, we can make this work. That's the way I'm interpreting it anyways. But Paul mm. was like, bun it. Let's just put in the work. He's not about it. Let's leave him. Was he a pagan for that? No. Why? Because I think that um, everyone has different temperaments. Um, I think everyone... There's not one way to do Christianity, to do um, going out, spreading the word. And for me at that time, Paul knew that this guy would be more of a detriment to what he was doing than the asset. <clears throat> I hear what you're saying. Everyone's That's how I feel like, like. But it's almost saying like, because um, the, the way that I see it is almost like, um, he, based on the, his first leaving, Paul wasn't willing Paul was reluctant to take him again. Now, obviously, we don't know what happened, how the leaving happened, whether it happened on like good terms, or we don't we don't have any context to that. All we know is that he left. Mm. Um, but Paul, all, what we know from that is that Paul was unwilling to take him along for the second tour, mm. um, to the point where he parted ways with the guy that he had been doing ministry with to go like because, do his own thing. I feel like because it's Paul that we're talking about, like I feel like there are very few guys in the bible that, that, that like no grace like paul does so i feel like for him to do that there, there must have been a very good reason do you so not you're giving think, him however, a blight because he's paul yeah i was going to say because that sounds a bit like putting him on a pedestal you know yeah. making idols out of people no, however, no, 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 no. <laughs> no but then do you not think that um by paul later on admitting or you know contra- um taking back what he said about Mark that he wasn't useful and then later on saying he was useful do you not think that's an admittance of fault saying no. that maybe he was wrong no. in the first place um, there's a book in the bible I it's one of the tiny tiny books <laughs> there's a few <laughs> there's a few of those in the bible 66 to be precise <laughs> let me look it up, look up is it mm-hmm. Philemon Philemon yeah. yeah yeah Philemon where um, the, um, the dudes like seven ran away and then Paul was like, no, I'll take him back because he's become a good guy now. Mm. Yeah. Like, Paul didn't send him back straight away. And, and, and like, Paul didn't say you should accept him back straight away. He only said he, he should take him back as a result of the person he had become. So okay. I think that, you know, with, 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 with like some people, there's, there's like a need to have like a growing period before you're they're able to work with, with you in, in a way that you might feel is, is, is conductive to, to what you're doing. Just to give a little context to that, in the Old Testament, it says that if a person's slave runs away from his master and comes to you, do not send him back to his master. Let him live with you. And so he was following the law in that he allowed the servant to stay with him. But now when he, he, as, he when, as he said to Philemon, like, I want him to stay with me, but I'd rather him be a gift from you rather than me just taking him, assuming that gift from you. And so I see what you're saying. 
there's a slightly different context. I haven't studied it extensively, but I know that in the Old Testament, one of the things was that if a servant runs away from his master and comes to you for shelter, you can't send him back. Yeah, yeah, but but I think what I'm saying is more that he only told him to to, to go back after he had become a an asset, quote unquote, beneficial. Yeah, I don't think like it, it was a thing where he went and then Paul said go back straight away because you're good now. I think there was there was like that period of being with Paul, getting um, grounded in the word and like like becoming good enough to be able to send back to the person who, who like probably would have killed him or like done something like really bad to him as a result, as a result of him running away like what's the benefit we, yeah we we also need to bear in mind um the the bible says in, in the new international version it says they had a, a sharp yes you know w- w- when it describes how they parted ways it said yeah. it says they had a sharp disagreement mm. right that they parted company paul is a is a strong-willed guy yeah you know mm. And, and let's not forget, Paul is human, and in fact, he he's clear in, in in the scriptures that he he knows that he has weaknesses, right? But he, he doesn't let the weaknesses take over, or you know, when he's making decisions, because he's the one who taught the church so many practical ways of being a Christian. Mm. So I think that. In, in that sense, it's just, I think it's a lesson when it comes to how we work with people. Because mm. trust is earned, you know, you can't just lose that trust and then the next day, you know, expect to be trusted. Bearing in mm, mind, this true. is the work of God they're talking about. Mm. And Paul was very <laughs> acute when he came to doing the work of God. He was mm. straight to the point. So I think um, what more you said there was, was right it, it's human temperament but later on then he changed his mind mm-hmm. uh, because then i believe that he had then earned his trust again mm. to be able to do it so uh, i think that further goes to um robert's point as well that there was an element or sometimes a need for growth and a need to become better to to repent of whatever um so and in addition to that uh, and in addition to what you mentioned um nat i think there's also a there's a lot to be learned from this the fact that they even had a, a disagreement um an argument or a dispute mm. that led to their separation shows that we can't hold ourselves above sometimes getting upset and sometimes disagreeing mm. um but the beauty of <laughs> their disagreement and even their separation did not then stop them from their ministry work yeah and then right. it become yeah. a thing where like nah you know paul's pig and i'm not doing this no more and also did not stop them from reconciling later on yeah you know? and i think, think that yeah now go for it robert i was gonna say that sorry and they also might they also may, may may have been like growth on paul's part as well yeah so that's what i was so, about to say yeah. so like maybe the patience he didn't have when he was younger he mm. like cultivated that as an older yeah. man yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i was about to say um if we read through paul's letters and everything um throughout um, the new the New Testament, obviously, you don't get Paul in the Old Testament, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you see, unless that, you're writing one, <laughs> hey, that's that's no longer the Bible. Um, <laughs> you see that his theology developed. Mm. There was a mm. development in his theology, like yeah. he grew in wisdom, he grew in his intimacy with God, yeah. and so the point that he was at at the split is definitely not the point he was at when he went to Rome as a prisoner. 
yeah. spiritually that there, there was a growth there mm. um so yeah it's very much so I, i'm just like there's there's that room for growth even if it was done from a bad place there was room for growth moving towards when um he was in prison i believe and um mark was with him mm. um but yeah there, there's room for growth and everything like that and so and plus the reason i mention it as well is that like when peter denied jesus three times jesus was like once you have repented come back to the brothers before mm. he had even done it mm. now obviously this is mm. jesus that's paul um so it's like jesus already had extended that level of trust and faith and extending the, the mission to him beforehand um but also as as a practical side from us is like it's almost like with mentorship and discipleship and blah 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 this and that when is a healthy point to almost draw the line when a person's been faffing about and not doing what they're supposed to do and like just indulging in things that they're not so it's like when obviously each one is going to be like hopefully we're placing this before god and just being like should i continue mentoring should i continue discipling this person or is, is it more wise for him to go to somebody else um mm. but yeah just kind of looking at it from that practical point place where it's like yeah paul in a heated argument didn't want to take him back because he left the ministry yeah. and it's just like how do we avoid or how do we walk in wisdom when discipling others um mm. or being discipled um when we've been when we've been wronged or something and we're like bundus mental ain't going back to him <laughs> you know like that so yeah that's that's the angle that i was kind of coming at it from mm. but yeah thanks robert yeah and, and i think I, I think that um also it's something we practice in marriage every day yeah you know having the room for forgiveness um and letting things go you know it's something we have to practice every day um and so you know, if, if if you're not married, if you're not married, you wouldn't know this. But if you're married, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are figures. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, I learned from you guys. I've been listening to you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's it, it's important. I think that it's. Um, forgiveness we we speak of forgiveness and and love like so easily nowadays yeah. you know um it's that the meaning has been watered down uh. but you know for paul I, i'm I, i'm thinking of, of how they parted because the way they parted for the bible for for him to part with barnabas meant that it was really bad mm. i mean it, it was really heated conversation or argument you know you can imagine I would like for them to, to come back. Paul's swinging. That man just swinging. I was, was going to say, even, even to add to that point, the fact that it's even included, you you have to, I mean, you have to yeah. appreciate Luke's honesty there. But yeah. then also, you've yeah. got to imagine, Luke <clears throat> didn't want to portray it as as maybe as hot as hot or as bad as it could have been mm-hmm. that makes sense because it is paul's friend so you probably want to do like yeah i'll honestly say that it happened but i won't really give you guys the details <laughs> as to when they were yeah. swinging and whatnot but yeah Fun. yeah yeah cool um more you happy with that yeah yeah it's, uh, it's a bit of a sticky one um yeah. and we all kind of jumped into it just discussing it so yeah i'm, I'm happy with it yeah yeah cool robert Peter. that deep breath <laughs> um how do you biblically respond to the 
uh, concept that is now being maybe now has been um, there's there's more light on it that there was one race initially black and over evolution over time everyone has become you know everyone's changed or whatnot by virtue of moving to different parts of the globe how do you biblically respond to that whether you agree or disagree um and what your biblical basis is for your position this is sparta Um, (laughs) oh dear Uh, (laughs) oh i think about this for a second yeah um well, I think, like, from Genesis, there's no indication of what that first race was. Mm, okay. Um, I know from, like, science, we can, like, try and, like... Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> say from, from, like, science, we can... It's not a scientific way. <laughs> no, it's sorry, scientific sorry. enough. Yeah. Um, so, um... From science, like we've obviously deduced that, you know, based on where people are, um, there's the their light skin will be like a different, a, a certain type to um, deal with whatever mm. environment that they're in. Mm. So, like, if even if we go back to where can, where, where's the first back I could go? Let's just let's go from Egypt. You know, from Egypt, mm-hmm. you're like they would they would have had to be like a certain melanatedness enough to deal with like the Egyptian heat and stuff. Yeah. Um, my my geography isn't well enough to like think about where guys like Abraham and them things were from. Mm. Um, Africa. Where they were. Yeah. Okay. Well, Africa. Then that they would have had. They black. They black. 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 Yeah. Oh, I think. Well, I like, think Robert's connections. Yeah, I feel Robert's connection is. It's, it's a bit like his answer at the minute. <laughs> this better. Yeah, this yeah, better. Yeah, better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Robert, man. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Man. Sorry, carry on. I don't know. I don't know. No, okay. So like. <laughs> I think geography would have had a big impact on the color of people's skin, but yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think there's enough information within the Bible to tell us what the original what, what the original skin color was. Okay. Okay. That's what I would say. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. What, what do you guys think? I think um actually no, let's not because Nat came strong with that he's black. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll let I'll let I'll let I'll let the, the OD come on. <laughs> Oh dear. So I um from the from, from the maps, okay, we, we know that it all began in the Middle East. Mm. Okay. If we so let's assume we don't know what they looked back like then. Mm. If we look now, um most if not all the countries that are in the Middle East have a mixed color some are really dark and some are quite bright so it is irrelevant because we know that in genesis 11 Mm. there was a split 
and when you know the Tower of Babel, oh, I'm referring yeah. to the Tower of Babel. When when, yeah. when when God came down and and you know divided the people, yeah. the people because of their language, they split and went across the rest of the world. So yeah. we know that as we've traveled across the the, the world, yeah. due to the nature of the weather and the conditions, um, skin colors have changed and evolved over time. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, and so the most important thing is that in Genesis, we know there was only one person who was created. Yeah. And that person who was created from the region he was created in, he would have had a mixed kind of a color. So he wasn't, he wouldn't be too dark. And that's my suggestion anyway. He wouldn't be too dark or too light. Mm-hmm. And us people have split up because of the weather changes and colors have evolved and cultures have changed because mm-hmm. of um, uh, location. That's that's what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. No, fair enough. Yeah, I think um, that's that's my position as well. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I hear what you meant, uh, Robert, in that. Um, we we can appreciate just the fact that different geographical locations will result in different levels of melanin being produced by the people's skin um but whether or not that first area because whether or not even it was solely a physical location is another thing is another um debate however what we do recognize from the original sort of estimation of where Eden is, is they would have been exposed to a lot of sunlight. They probably would have had more requirements for melanin than a Caucasian person or someone that lives in like a colder temperature region would, would require. Mm. So whether or not that person was black, I think ends up being a tertiary matter. The primary matter was there was a single ancestry in that it was from, at least from the Christian point of view, Adam and Eve that human beings came from and thus it's no surprise then that we would all share or or we can we can um we can theorize that we would all share similar dna up until that point and i think that becomes the the more important point to make and the more important point that's backed by the bible everything else because at the end of the day those arguments go to not just evolution of the human pigment but evolution of humankind from apes and i can't you know i obviously can't agree to that because you know my ancestors not apes um but i think what we can agree oh. on having <laughs> we can agree on having a uh, a a single ancestry a single source of ancestry and out from there as you can be. so yeah yeah i think i think on my part um firstly my emphasis would be um yeah my emphasis would be that we we worship god not a skin color mm. if that makes sense it's like we don't we don't necessarily worship a race or elevate a race above like it's it's god and for the bible to say in jesus there's there's neither jew nor gentile male nor female free nor slave like everyone's almost been brought into this um yeah, everyone's kind of been brought into this 
into this oneness and this union that doesn't unifies us it doesn't uniform us so we, mm. we, it's like our differences don't just wash away don't know. come on don't know. <laughs> um but i do see within the old testament narratives like um certain just um in, like inferences of like darker skin darker hues um like um even with samson it saying the locks of his hair and stuff like that um mm-hmm. which almost infer it doesn't outright state that it's dark and even when we look at um songs of solomon the shulamite and we're saying that like i was um the sun has had its way with me and like i am darker than my than my peers and stuff like that it's almost like yeah it's not it's not necessarily like a tan or anything. It's like, no, nah, I am, I'm, I'm darker. I'm, I'm blacker yeah. than, mm. than, and so, yes, yeah, so, some of those things almost infer um, blackness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's triggered to navigate and I can see some of the arguments in terms of the black Hebrew Israelites, for example, the true Israelites were, yeah. were black. Yeah, because in response to especially everything going on, the the other extreme of the pendulum swings to well, you know, no white supremacy, black supremacy. Yeah. And I think you know it can be equally, um, maybe not not uh, not in its damage, but it is equally as bad to think the black race is superior. Superior. You, yeah. You, you're you're just adopting the same mindset. As yeah. the people that you're fighting against. Can I throw can I throw a spanner in the in the mix? Please, please, you know, please. even even after Adam uh-huh. after Adam, we know that because of the people's sin, there was a flood. Right? Mm-hmm. So yes. Noah. Yeah. Ooh, so even, that's a nice little spanner still. You know, that would change the whole dynamics of mm. uh, the you know the one colour coming from Adam anyway. Mm. Because mm. then uh, uh, Nowhere's kids got married to other people. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to get mixed up. Bear in mind, angels have come down and, and did some nasty things. Yeah. Come so, on. <laughs> the, the, you know, so it, it's... I think it is important that we, 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 we stress the fact that we, you know, like you were saying, it's God we worship. Yeah. And some of these things, if we're going to let it be a, a, a topic for discussion... As a community, uh, as a society, we, you know, we will, we will drift away from what is really important. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What is, what's what is, like what's of first first importance, as Paul was yeah, saying. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, because it's the and even it's like so. There, there's an argument that the patriarch narrative, mm-hmm. so Abraham, Isaac. Um, Israel, Jacob so from Adam all the way down is allegorical okay given of... a not, not, that's not allegorical it's, it's, not, it's not like factual but almost okay. given a narrative as to mm. the origin of man so mm. Adam and Eve is representative rather yeah, than being that. the first yeah. man and thing and kind of all, going all the way through um, so um the factual narrative almost starts from Exodus. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, Genesis is just almost storytelling to mm-hmm. give the people of Israel a, a 
a genesis, like an yeah. origin story, mm-hmm. um, which I'm like, it's in the Bible, so I'm going to take it as God's word. Like, mm-hmm. however you don't want to dissect that, that's down to you, but I'm taking it as God has given this to me to, to interpret it as whether it's a story, whether it's poetry, whether it's, in, it's like, it's in the Bible, it has importance. I'm going to look at it as being important mm-hmm. and significant. Um, so, yeah. But the, and so if you, depending on how you look at it, it then influences what you t- take from it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. there, there, there's an argument following along that, that is like the Israelites aren't actually one nation, mm-hmm. but rather different clusters of nations that have come together. So even the, the tribe of Judah, the priestly tribe, was a different, um, almost like nomadic priestly, priestly tribe that found themselves in Israel, uh, found themselves in Egypt, and were drafted into the um, Israelite nation and mm. served as their priest, even though they weren't originated from thing. And again, that that just goes off. That yeah. goes off the biblical narrative, and I'm just like, I can't take that. I can take what the Bible presents. I can't yeah. take what you're presenting. I say um, it becomes so yeah. extra biblical. It's just yeah. like, okay. So there, there are a few, I say that to say there are a few different narratives to trying to almost enlighten us from a newer vantage point. Um, and so all of those things will influence the way that you take the, the story of the genesis of man. Mm-hmm. And so even taking it back to the point of, okay, regardless of whatever the, gen- the genesis of man may be, it's God that we worship. And God has revealed himself in the person of Jesus. Now, whether Jesus was black, white, Asian, Greek, um, Martian, whatever, he died for me. And mm. it's in him that I believe that I have. Well, if, if he was Martian, he couldn't die for me because technically he was yeah, Jew. Yeah, yeah. But, for a Martian. Yeah, like, yeah. like whatever race or nationality or however he looked is almost beside the point. Because yeah. if he didn't die and resurrect, then he would just be another man that we're talking about. But the yeah. fact that he died and resurrected, that's what my my hope is based on yeah. and not on the color of his skin. So I think yeah. that's, that's a really important statement um, when discussing race, especially yeah. from a Christian's vantage point. Yeah. Um, and especially yeah. in the, in the, in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm happy with that, Rob. Um, Nat, did you have a question for Robert? You're lying. I'm not sure if it's my internet connection or yours. Oh, can you not hear me? Can you not hear I me? Can, I can I can hear you. I can hear Peter. Yeah, yeah. So Mo, we're good. It might be you. Yeah. It's you problem. Now I've I've got I've got I haven't got a question. Cool, cool. All right, Robert. I think you survived. We stay living. That's it. <laughs> All right, Nathaniel. Talk to me. Let's get to know you a bit better. Oh dear. So Peter said he, he sent me a message this week. Was it this week? It was this week. Yeah, uh, I think saying was saying that he wants to get an Afghanistan veteran on the show. <laughs> I was like, yo! I was like, yo. <laughs> I mean when you put uh, it like that. Yeah. And have my mind went to all the places. So I yeah, need to yeah, come yeah, back yeah. to reality. So like could you, right. could you like give us like a bit more of a um a rundown of like what your role was within the army within the army oh right okay so i joined in t- 2004 i remember w- w- when i joined uh peter was excited he wanted to come with me anyway. <laughs> first question 
<laughs> what made you want to join the army? Oh, that's uh, ooh, um, what the only reason I joined the army was because um, there was the offer of being able to study and and work at the same time. Mm. Because I I wanted to to go to university, and um, at the time. They said, oh, you know, you can join, you can study, you can do whatever. You know, they, were, they, they really sold it to me. Mm. They're like, you can do all these things. I was like, yeah, sounds that's, cool. That's scholarship right there, fam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but of course, it, it's it's not like that when you, when you actually go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's in the them dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so tw- 2004, I joined. Um, um, I, I joined, uh, I became an engineer. Well, when they say engineer, like a mechanic, so technician, yeah, technician mm-hmm. level. Um, and unfortunately for me, I got posted into a bomb disposal unit. Oh, so yeah. This so it slightly reminds me of like the front lining. Back in the day, where they had all the black people just just being like at the forefront, <laughs> at the forefront of the war, and not in, in American Civil War and stuff. Yeah, they literally had like a line of black people just at the front, and yeah. the white folks at the back. But yeah, no, sorry, I know that that might not that might not be the situation there, yeah. but it just kind of took me back to that um, narrative. But I, I, as it turns out, I mean, the bomb disposal unit was was quite an elite unit. It was a, a special. It was specialized. Um, you know, group of guys because they did a, a lot more training into you know because the job was was I mean it was the life expectancy was you know <laughs> was very low. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I should not laugh. That's mad. Mm-hmm. That is yeah, mad. but um, yeah. So I got sent there, and um, in the end, I didn't become the mechanic that I trained to become. I ended up being a bomb disposal expert. Um, so, like, so, 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 like, in becoming a bomb disposal expert, did that mean yes. you learn how to make bombs or just how to break? No, <laughs> yo, no. hey, what? hey, no. hey, bro, because there's two types. There's two types. We were dealing with um, World War II bombs, okay? okay, and then there is the improvised explosives, the IEDs, the IEDs, yeah. Hey, um, Robert, you know a bit too much, you know. Robert, it's been googling. <laughs> Rob is under surveillance right now. Nah, bro, <laughs> Call of Duty, fam. Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It was. It was interesting. I did. Um. So I did. I went to Iraq in 2007, um, and then came back, and then went to Afghanistan in 2009, finishing 2010. What's it like out there? Being out there in like. In like war areas, it's it, it's it's completely different because where where you know, imagine there is no internet, imagine you don't have computers, yeah. no phones, yeah. um, you sleep on the floor, there's no cooker for food, you know, you eat rations, um, you're wearing body armor, you're sweating constantly, you're always on the edge because you know you might die. You know, that's what you're thinking all the time. Someone could shoot you. So, you, you, you know, you, you, like heightened senses for six months straight. Mm. Uh, Did you have a gun? 
Sorry? Did did you have a gun? Of course. A few. A few. No, he walked along saying pew 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 pew. No, 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 but my, no. But my thinking is like, if you're in the in like bomb disposal, yeah. maybe you have like another team of people with their guns, like branding you with like cover whilst, whilst, whilst you're doing the thing. No, well, because you see, this is it. This is I. I didn't know a lot about about it, but as time went on, I realized, you know, during training, I realized what we were gonna do. I was actually on the front line, so um, we went to Iraq. Iraq, Iraq was more. We were in the, at the Basra. Airport. Mm. That's where we were based at the Basra Airport because they took over the airport, um, and and that's where we camped. But in Afghanistan, we were in the middle of nowhere, and we were being moved to locations. So you know, uh, we worked in teams. The bomb disposal. We worked. We worked in about five or six man teams, and then we would get shipped out to, or flown out to a uh, an infantry battalion. So we would get attached to them. And then we'll patrol with them. So when they come across an, um, uh, you know, a, um, a buried, you know, bomb, we will then deal with it, and then they will carry on moving. Does that make sense? So it we were sense. we were literally in the front line with the with the with the infantry guys. Um, it was it was interesting. Yeah. I just want to say, yeah. I, I just want to say, we thank God that you're with us right now, boy. Yeah. You know, like, we thank God I, that you're with <laughs> us right now. So many times. So many times. Yeah. Um, so many times I I could have died I think thinking about it now it seems a bit I don't know but when, when I take myself back into that moment I've seen people get shot in the head people get shot you know in the body people get blown up I actually dealt with because in my team I was also trained as the medic mm. so um, I remember dealing with, you know, people who had been blown up and it, it was messy. Um, times when we were under That's attack. It was messy. My wardrobe died. But, you know, I, I, I thank God because the church, you know, at the time, Peter Thames, you know, they were, they were always, you know, praying for us, praying and sending us messages. I still remember, I still got, oh, I, I wish I could bring it. I've still got, the um this thing they made for me uh it's not canvas i think it's canvas yeah and yeah, wrote, like when i came back you know and you, you know you signed it i've still yeah. got it ah. you know um it was it was nice because it kept it kept me going and by god's grace i kept my christian faith whilst i was there mm. which is which was key which was important i'm not ask you about that like how did you find the time to continue cultivating your faith also in these like crazy crazy situations like happening around you you, you will find the time because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will find this you, you will make the time yeah um because when you've seen what is going on every day i mean literally people were dying every day somebody mm. will die every day and we would everybody would know about it because of what they usually they would they will cut internet when as soon as internet is gone you know somebody's dead because they don't want people communicating outside of you know the war zone to okay. you know, families and so because it's happened before where someone has passed the the military haven't gone around to tell the family yet but then somebody else some other soldier has gone around and tell the family that oh your your boy is dead you know and it's like ah oh, but the army haven't even told me yet so all those things so as soon as somebody dies they cut the internet 
the cat telephone, nobody is able to go to the telephone, and then you know straight away someone is seriously injured or is dead. Mm. So we always knew. And so when you know these things, boy, even <laughs> the at, at some point in time, I remember my uh, sergeant major, you, you know, he came to me and was like, you know, right at the beginning of the tour, he, he asked me to pray for, for the squadron when we went there, you know. Um, and I think that I was fortunate. I was really fortunate because when, when I started, as soon as I started, I just made them know that I was a Christian. I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't do, you know, all the silly things that they used to do. So I, I was fortunate in that they they completely avoided me when it came to those things, you know. Um, and so I was able to maintain uh, my 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 um, Christian Christian's, uh, um, uh, values. But then it, 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 it became... People would come to me and say, oh, pray for me, you know, I'm going, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, whilst we're in Afga- Afghanistan, you know, maybe they've been deployed to, because there, there were certain places, there were hot zones, you know, when you go there, you might not come back. The, the, the likelihood is really high. So when they're going, they'll come like, T, T, can you pray for me? I'm going to, you know, PB4, because that was PB4. Oh, my God. You don't want to go there. Um, I know, it base. sounds dangerous. <laughs> it's not it's a patrol base because they have the patrol bases spread so, across. I, I just thought peanut butter was terrible. <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter number four. Don't don't. Eat that. <laughs> peanut butter number four. Stay with peanut butter. Nah, nah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was it was good. It was I mean it, it was an experience, something I wouldn't do again, but I'm happy I did. Do you think you suffered um, suffered, suffered any um PS? What's it called? PTSD. 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 Yeah. I, 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 mm, I wouldn't say I, I've suffered it. I think emotionally I have been affected. It has, it has changed the way I think about things. It has affected the way I approach things. And so my, my wife will tell you sometimes I, I may seem a bit harsh because I'm always thinking if I say put this thing here, right? I'm thinking, right, this is a matter of life and death. If you don't put it there, someone's going to die. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I mean? And so I expect it to be there. And then when I come in, it's not there. Because kids do what kids do. Do you know what I mean? They'll pick yeah. it up and throw it somewhere. And then I'll get, I'll get, I'll get vexed. I thought that was just because yeah. you're a guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a no-no. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> yeah but it's it's you know I, um and i've had to learn to be a bit more accommodating mm. however I, I i just thank god i think i had good friends you know my i had a church and they would write to me they would pray for me they would talk to me and so i had a way of releasing that stress you know um and, and and that gave me that gave me a whole lot of release. I, I I think that I let a lot of things go when others didn't know what to do. Um, and unfortunately, the way PTSD works, you know, I, I could say I'm fine, and then 10, 15 years later, something might trigger, and then you know. But I just thank God that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so how did you go from the army to becoming a police officer? Because I feel right, like so, after doing some tours, I, I'd want to just do, do like an office leave. job somewhere, yeah. you know, just chill. 
Fam, I know. It, it was guy, them not, not knowing that you, you got the chokehold for days. I left I left the military because I got medically discharged. Okay. So whilst we were in Afghanistan, um, I was in uh, well, I was close to an explosion. Mm. And uh, that that sort of um, gave me a back uh, injury. Okay. So when we when we when we got back, um, they tried all kinds of things, you know, epidural, um, all kinds of painkillers. I've been, you know, on morphine, all those things. I've been on all of them, um, but they couldn't. It couldn't get. It, it wasn't getting any better. And then you know, around 2010, when we got back, 2010, David Cameron, right? Was it? I think it was Ther- Theresa May at the time. She was the um, Home Secretary. She was reducing the numbers of the armed forces and the police. So they were getting rid of all their sick people first. And then they were making redundant those who had been in a bit longer than, um, say, you know, five, ten years or so. So because I was one of the sick, they medically discharged me. And -hmm. that's how I got out. Yeah. Um, uh, So when I got out, I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do the education that I wanted to do before. Um, And then... The thing that they promised you initially. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the thing they promised me before uh so i i i, I moved to loughborough to do that um i was in loughborough university for like i think at a time we had my my oldest son and then my wife was pregnant with the second child and i was trying to do engineering mechanical engineering and it did not pan out right it you cannot do mechanical engineering and have a baby at the same time it does not work <laughs> so i kind of i sucked it two years in and then went and did television production so that's where all the cameras and stuff comes in that's where so the I setup TV- comes from <laughs> yeah <laughs> for those um, that are listening you you realize yeah. <laughs> yeah so i did that um but i did that at Nottingham trent university and just before i finished i thought <clears throat> I, I don't think I want to do this long term, you know. Mm. So I think a year before I finished, I applied to the, the police force and le- forgot about it um, uh, because I, I realized the process the process was long. At some point in time, I thought they had even forgotten about me. So I, I forgot about that. And then I started applying for, you know, BBC or the Channel 4s or some TV stations. Um it was going the cost was going really well and then just before i finished they got in touch with me i was like dude do you want to do this i'm like of course i want to do this um because it was just close to what i used to do before except of course it's it's now a civilian civilian role um so yeah just before i finished last year june they they accepted me um so i literally i jumped from you know uni straight into the police force uh, and yeah, that's where I am now. And how has it been for you being a black man and a police officer, knowing the way, knowing like how, one, how like racist policemen can be towards black people and also how, you know, black people like don't don't seem to like the police anyway? Yeah. I'll, um, first and foremost, l- let me come from... The, the, the forces point of view because it's, it's Leicestershire force I remember when I was applying there 
they were specific to say they want um, BAME people, you know, black and ethnic minority guys to join up. They want they want more of black men, more women, more Asian, you know, all those mm-hmm. other communities to come because they want to reflect the you know the society mm. uh, as as yeah, equally please, as you know as they can. Mm. So I know that you know the force is doing their best. Of course, racism is there. You you can't you can't ignore it. You can't say it's not there. But I think the force as a force, the one I'm in, they're doing their best to you know um, to change that. When I started, there was only two of us who were black. Two of us out of 24, 24 guys and girls in the group. Um, and I know the one after me, there was only one black guy. So you can imagine it, it's it's like, you know, just a needle in a haystack. Um, it's I, I think I haven't been in it long enough to experience that kind of um perhaps open racism, you know, maybe it's going on in the background because it does happen, you know, like mm. hypocritically, um, it does happen, but I haven't seen it openly and, and I hope I don't. I think the, the guys I've, I've, I've been working with are pretty good. They're, you know, they're young. So they, a lot of them have got black friends already. Do you know what I mean? Um, the old folks are the ones who are the difficult ones, the ones who, who don't know any, um, perhaps who haven't got relationships with, you know, you know, ethnic minorities, they might have that. But you, you wouldn't, I think it's difficult to find that in Leicester. If you come to Leicester, the area I'm working in, most of them are either Asian or black. Okay. Most, most of the community is, is yeah. like, is, you know, that's how it's represented. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's interesting just listening to you speak about the police force and I was just reflecting, I was just like, with the suspicion that the black community holds towards the police force, mm. we are innately reluctant to join. Yeah. Because of that suspicion in the first place. And so it's very much like, it's like, how do you get a group of people mm. to join you to help change the narrative yeah. when the only narrative that they have from you is is a racist one and it's just like it's almost like catch 22 situation it's like we yeah. want more black people in the in the institution to help reshape have these conversations to show that to move mm. us into a better light into a better place but it's like the suspicion is so high that the suspicion guys, is high yeah. yeah that's that's for sure and one thing we need to bear in mind is as an organization they, they have rules that prevent people from being racist. So as an organization, they will try not to be racist. Okay. However, it's the people in it mm. who have come in with their preconceived ideas yeah. and notions about certain people. And they are the ones who will. So some of the, the enforcement that police officers will do is up to the police officer's interpretation Mm. of the law mm. okay or and its application as well so you you would find two officers would deal with the same incident differently mm. because they are two different people and they think mm. differently but they will apply the same law mm. and so 
I find I, I find that it's not the organization. However, it's the people that make the organization. Yeah. But the, the the laws, the rules are there to protect. Yeah. The organization. So, yeah. Uh, um, sorry, sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off. I was going to say, um, at least in this country, I think there are a lot of, there will be a lot of um, paper, a lot of like 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 um like Nat was saying, they will have rules and things in place to, at least on paper, prevent mm-hmm. there being um there being racist or their behaving as such. But someone pointed out to me about the Amy Cooper lady. Um I can't remember if it was one of you guys. Um but she was quite senior in her role. Actually it was told you from last week's episode. He pointed out that she was quite senior in her role. She did get fired from it. But mm-hmm. imagine her understanding of her white privilege that she displayed in mm-hmm. calling the police on Christian Cooper uh, for that situation. Imagine those same prejudices will affect her at, well, will be will be inflicted on the ones that she manages, or the people whose career she affects, being quite senior, and it's sometimes that insidious. The way that these things affect people is that yeah. it's not overt, and like Nat said, it's the individuals. But That's someone right. higher up could have certain prejudices that yes. affect those below, and then you don't you don't see it overtly, but it's uh, it's a, it's a very very insidious, very subtle thing and just with respect to what Mo was saying with regards to the suspicion I think there Nat's mentioning that uh the Leicester um force actively said we want more BAME participants I think that's that's a good step on their behalf but I think for us as well it's maybe part of the part of the uh solution or part of the way going forward is for us to encourage that more of us go into those organizations the same thing. <coughs> I know, I know, I know you're gonna yeah. say, yeah, the suspicion is high, but, yeah. but we can't expect like if if we aren't represented there, it's hard. Yes, one hundred, one hundred. I feel like, and I, I think I've always said this um, as a as a viewpoint in that in order to change the narrative, we need people to represent us within these spaces, but also exactly. to to educate the community to yeah. do better in the community. So it's almost like informing the community as to like, nah, like there are legislations and there are things in place that the police have to adhere adhere to that almost ensures or tries to safeguard against racism. Now, there are individuals and blah, blah, blah who try to negate and to circumvent and stuff like that. But we also need, like, we also need black people in power within the police mm. force to be able to, like, yeah. point these things out and stuff. Like, and that's not going to happen unless someone actually applies to go into the police force. There, there um, is, there is, yeah, sorry, there, there is, there is strength in numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, apart from that, you know, we, you, uh, for instance, I feel, I feel such a burden mm. on my shoulders because my church, for instance, I'm the only guy who's in the police. So, you know, everybody's coming to you and asking you for, you know, for advice on stuff. Mm. And you're thinking if we had three, four, five, up to 10 people in it, you know, yeah. we could come together and, and it will make the work a bit easier. Yeah. And also because the burden is so high, I am trying to be very careful not to make a mistake. You mm. see, because if you give the people that, no, I'm, I'm, and I'm talking of, the, the organization, the excuse to, to, you know, quote unquote, be racist in a way, if you give them an excuse, 
they will mash you up. <laughs> they will. They. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, we know that you know back in the day before uh, the government made a rule to have a ten percent of you know black people or ethnic minority in there, they wouldn't have you. So, do you know what I mean? So, once those laws came in, once those policies came in, then they're having to, you know, employ dis disabled people, employ black people, just to make up the numbers. And so, it feels like that is one of the suspicions that we have, okay? But we are more than qualified to be in there, you know, and to make a difference. Also, um, I wanted to say, let me say something else. It's, it's gone. <laughs> um, but you know it, it's um, when when we don't when we choose not to be in there then we are basically giving up our voice you know to say stuff the other day for instance I was I was, I was advising my, my church I, I, I had a little chat with them and I was giving them I was letting them know the things that police officers should and can't do so that if you know that and the police officer is doing what they shouldn't do, you mm. can challenge them on it, mm. you know, because that's one of the things that I find, uh, you know, we lack is the Educating knowledge. ourselves as well. Yeah, knowing yeah. what the police can and can't do. And yeah. funny enough, it's public knowledge. It's not hidden. Yeah. It's online. It's, it's, on, it's everywhere, but we just don't read it. You know? <laughs> You don't, and and it's it's on you know huge you know documents. So you you probably wouldn't have the time to do that. So I'm taking my time now, and I'm going through with my church, and I'm going through with them, and especially the young and you know the families and all that. Just going through with them and and letting them know the things they they can and can't do, the reasons why. For instance, it is you 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 don't call the police for everything. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? You, you, some people call police just because they can. And it's annoying. <laughs> so the three numbers. I'm, I'm, it's annoying. I'm thinking, why did you call the police? This is a you know a family matter. You guys can settle it. If you mm. can't get some, you know, and we know, you know, we I can go into it, but we have a problem um, with information. We don't know enough to to you know to encourage the young ones to go in, and we don't know enough to even protect ourselves and to help ourselves deal with rogue police officers. Mm. If you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I certainly think like the the education aspect of it is very important. Like recognizing because I think far too often we we resign ourselves to what the narrative has always been. And so, like Mo, when you say the suspicion is high, it's true, but we sort of allow for that to define the expectation. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's it's almost the extent where we we sort of not shoot ourselves in the leg, but we we keep ourselves we keep ourselves captive to to ideas and to concepts that may not have been fleshed out in our experience or in our situation yeah. or with the people that we're around. Yeah. Whereas I think if we if we do allow ourselves to be to educate ourselves, like 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 Nat said, it is public knowledge, it is public information. Um, and I'll I'll put some of those in, in those links in, in the description as well. Then we, we we empower ourselves to know, oh actually, you know, it's it, it's we we have a we have a we have a platform to stand on, if that makes sense. We have a position to to defend almost yeah i just remembered you know what, there's, what i wanted to say before 
Mm. Um, one of the things I, I, it's coming from the Christian point of view as well, you know, because you can go in there guns blazing and make a mess of things. Mm. But when you when you go in with a Christian point of view as well, it gives you, I think you are, you are more tolerant of some of the nonsense, <laughs> and you 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 look past that. Do you know what I mean? You, you you look past that because you are looking at a big bigger goal. You you you're thinking of you know um, achieving something bigger than you know just you know some of the little things, some of the little mm. racial things that might go on. Mm. Um, otherwise, people will give up you know too soon or too quickly, yeah. uh, and then we'll we'll be back to square one. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's 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 really. Um, that that really brought something to perspective with me because I was praying this morning and I was like, like how so in like the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that that's going on right now, which I'm totally for. Um, I've seen I've like read a lot of Christian content that was taught, that's been rightly saying like sin is the problem, Jesus is the answer, blah 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 this and that, um, and some of them actually mm. cheese me off. <laughs> it, it actually it actually really irritates me because it 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 doesn't it almost glosses over the pain and you know mm. you know like when someone breaks a leg and then you're patting them on the back there there you'll be all right i was like bro i just broke my leg i you know it'll be all right like i may lose this leg and it's almost like it, it seems patronizing Mm. Rather than actually speaking any truth, speaking actual truth into the situation, yes, like on the on the surface of the thing, yes, what you're saying is true, but the manner in which you're saying and the way that I'm receiving it is very patronizing, mm. Mm. Um, mm. and it's almost like Jesus actually dealt with us with our sin, like he went yeah. into the temple. And he flipped tables. He spoke directly to sin. He spoke directly to the people who were twisting scriptures and stuff like that. He didn't gloss over it. Yeah. He spoke directly to it, even as he brought about the kingdom. And yeah. I'm, it's like, in you saying this, is very much a reminder of. It's, it's like we. Need, for me, it was a reminder that I need to walk in a place where I have, um, like I am able to forgive. Like mm. to, to comprehend what has happened, to comprehend that yes, this this is something that has happened. But in yeah. order to move forward in a way that glorifies God, I need to walk in a way that glorifies God, and that way is forgiveness. That way is is like not holding on to the wrongs. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's interesting because it's just as Peter was saying, sometimes we do perpetuate the stereotypes that we've been given, mm. um, and we kind of just live by that narrative. Almost, yeah. we haven't had any experience with the police, but we automatically you're just thinking, oh, the police are just against me. Mm. When I haven't had any experience with them, mm. um, and also in, in regards to like the, the legislation and everything being available, I've heard it said once where it's just like, and it's it's a bad joke, but it, it does hold some truth. Not so mm. much now, but it's like if you want to hide something from a black person, you just hide it in the book. Damn, man, ain't gonna read. <laughs> and it's like it's it's mm. mad because it, it it's like obviously it negates so many different um yeah. socioeconomical situations and blah blah yeah. blah where black mm. people didn't have access to books like libraries had black and white sections and the black section was just the mm. dilapidated yeah. books that no one wanted yeah. to read and so we didn't we weren't afforded the opportunities to read mm. um and that almost perpet kind of 
the cycle kind of run down. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and I know for a fact that every single person in this, in this podcast reads, like most of the people that we know read and we are avid readers. Mm-hmm. It's not just, and so yeah, the narrative isn't necessarily true. But it just, I was just reminded of it where it's just like, yeah, the information is in plain sight. Um, but sometimes we don't access these things. But yeah, I think, it, and again, it's like being light in the darkness, shining mm. our light in the dark places where it's yeah. just like, we see these things happening. How can we shine our lights within yeah. those places in a way that like, firstly glorifies God and secondly is actually beneficial yeah. for the community? So it's yeah. like loving God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. So it's like glorifying God and edifying the community. How can we in, do this? Well, in addition, well, in in response to that, I think, and it's it's the argument that gets made sometimes that sometimes I think can be taken in the wrong light. But it's recognizing that, well, firstly, we all recognize that, at least Christians, we recognize that we are ambassadors of heaven. We are image bearers. We are representing Christ in our actions and in our interactions. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that strikes me as well is I haven't necessarily had... I think I've said this on the podcast before. I haven't had, I think last time Mo and I were trading <laughs> bad experiences yeah. with the police. Um, I haven't had good experiences with the police. And uh, I think I said, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, I said to Nat, definitely. Now at least I know one good police officer. However, <laughs> it's like every time I have an interaction with the police, I am mindful, even when I'm angry, to remember mm. that I have an opportunity to at least affect their impression of black people and that's been my experience uh, it's like they'll stop me and ask me about my car and then they'll do like a full search on my car in front of my dad's house and find nothing and i'll point out to them that actually you know you guys came here with a certain mindset you have been proven wrong and it like make that obvious or i got stopped and searched and they look through my bag and it's like they're finding mathematical books and it's all neat <laughs> and they came with you know when they come with heat like yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to search your bag i'm going to find it. and then left like oh that's very well arranged i was like really you know sort of thing like point out and then recognize that every interaction that you have it might be little it might be one person but you get to change the narrative as well mm. in the way that you present yourself and not to say code switch or not to say You've got to be, yes, I'm Asa, nonsense, something like that. No, but I think when we've educated ourselves, when we present ourselves, when we live our lives as Christians, as Mo said, when we walk, giving, yeah. walk a walk that gives glory to God, that in and of itself challenges the narrative, I think. Yeah, um, you know, with, with stop and search is one of the biggest arguments that people have, especially mm. in London. Mm. Um, I, I think it's pretty much everywhere in the UK anyway. But you know, with stop and search, right? When a police officer stops you to search you, they have to get, tell you why. They have to justify the reasons and yeah. everything. Yeah. Do you also know that they have to offer a copy of the report, the report to yeah. you? Mm. I didn't know that. I want to I want to I want to know from your viewers how many of those who have you know had stop and search have ever asked to get a copy of that. You know, in all fairness, in all fairness, the guy that who stops and searched me just gave it to me. Like I didn't ask for it, he just he gave it to me. So he filled out the whole thing. And it was on like um it was like one of those tracing papers. So he wrote on the white part and then it went on to the yellow part and ripped it off and then gave it to me. Um so yeah, like I was just like, 
what's this? Why do I need this? I've just been violated. <laughs> You're giving yeah. me a token of my violation, yeah. But, yeah it's a report it's, of your violation. You know, like that. Um, so Our guy gave up. I, did, I didn't know yeah. it. But mm-hmm. I, in the instances where I, in the instance where I, actually not, I've been stopped and searched multiple times, but only once was I given a slip. Mm-hmm. Um, and that slip was given to me on the last time. And that's mm-hmm. why I was like, oh, was I meant to be getting this all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. You're supposed to, because you, they, they have strict rules. You can't just stop and search anybody. Mm-hmm. You have to justify it. And so if they don't do that and they go tell lies on the on the on the computer when they go sit down, right? You and you, you know, you can make a complaint. You can check because then when they do that, you can you should get a copy of it if you requested for it. You'd get a copy of what they have written. Mm. And then you can challenge that. Mm. And and you know, if you challenge that, then they will have to answer to to you. They will have to answer why they searched you. Mm. Does that make sense? Because More often than not, it's because we're see, walking around while the being honest there. is the honest. The honest is on them to prove, not for mm-hmm. you to prove. It's on them to prove the reason why they they stop to search you. Mm. You know, mm. and I've I've seen so many videos where you know these black guys get searched. They don't even they are not even bothered about the process. They are not paying attention to the process, mm. and they don't know that they can challenge the process later on. Mm. You know, but they just. They get angry, you know, and then the reaction then causes the police officer to even be more violent or yeah, more firm. Escalates, escalates, yeah, exactly, yeah, you know. So, Peter, like and you were saying, it, it, it will be difficult to influence them because they will stop you for a reason, regardless. Mm. If they've stopped you ten minutes ago and they see you and they they have a reason to stop you, they will stop you again. It's not going to change. Mm you know, the reasons why they stopped you. But what is going to make a difference is if we are taking, um, let them do their job, but let them take, let, we should take them to task mm. to make sure mm. that the reasons why they are searching mm. are legitimate. Mm. Mm. That is the key because it's law. So whatever you do, they will always be right mm. in the sight of the law. Mm. But the law makes sure that they have to justify the reason. So let's, you know, if someone stops to search you, let them search you, but then request to receive that search document back mm. and then have a look at it. If it was right, then, you know, of course, then it's okay. If it wasn't, you can always report and challenge it, yeah. you know, and they yeah. take, they take um, complaints very seriously. Unlike America. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's true. That's, that's an unfortunate thing. Uh, at least over here, you can see there are some processes. I think Britain is is a lot, a, a, a little bit less egregious Trigger because well, they don't have guns to be triggered. <laughs> that's the thing. But no, at, at least at least there are a lot more processes. There's a lot more um, um, legal processes that they have to follow um, and do. Um, but yeah, like I said, in America, they clearly vote, they clearly violate those, they clearly the body cams, and still nothing happens. But yeah, I think, I think as well, just um, the sheer size difference, yeah, um, yeah, America just being exponentially bigger than the UK, yeah, where it's just like we are able to have, but yeah, uh, that's a cop out because, like, if you are that bigger, you should have more human resources to get things tight. 
to ensure that things are operating the way that they should be operating. But I think we've been able to get things tight, um, not so tight that we've like squeezed that racism. Um, mm. But yeah, I think that things are a lot more like structured here. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my perception, perception anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah. 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 I think that'd be a nice place to round up unless anyone else has anything they want to add or say. Mm. Nah. I just wanted to say something. Yeah. yeah. What um the I was looking at John chapter 16. Um and at this point Jesus was telling the disciples kind of you know the the the, the troubles they were gonna go through and all the struggles they were gonna have and all that. And mm. um, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm. Um, it, I, I just think that all these things, it, it's not new, you know, uh, and because we're Christians, we should know that these things are going to happen. They're supposed mm. to happen. They are the signs of, you know, of the times to come. And so we need to take heart. It is very important because when I watched, when I saw the video, I promise you, I was in tears. My mm. eyes were watery and I was like, what? How can you do this to another human being? You know, mm. how can you do that? It's just not fair. Whether even if the person had killed somebody, you have sworn an oath to protect life and not to take life. Mm. And so, you know, it is very easy to get you know, angry and, you know, start doing things and start saying things. But, you know, we need to take heart. You know, we need to we need to take a step back and calm down and and, and put our faith in Christ and, and know that whatever, you know, whatever is going on, God is still in control, you know. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, perfect. Think, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'll leave it there. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nathaniel, for coming down. Thanks for having me. Um, we, need, we need to get you going again. Yes, for a less <laughs> serious, for a less serious, a less, a less serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I fam, I get the jokes the out. I can't I, now. I had the topics, but another time, another time. I swear you get into the GH7s and that. Yeah, <laughs> the production and thing. I might have some pictures raining on the production yeah. side. Of so, Nathaniel, yeah. where can we find you? Are you online anywhere? You know, it's interesting. You know, uh, Peter was talking about how he Perfect got into timing. podcasting. You know, um, I was just telling him yesterday that I've, I've been I've been listening to his podcast and now I've started my YouTube channel, so hey. I'm uh, I'm go- I'm going on YouTube. Okay, the, <laughs> the cameras are sitting there doing nothing. You know, <laughs> I've got to use them, uh, hey. propagate the the, the gospel. Mm. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I'm dropping my first one today. It's just Nathaniel Tete. You'd find me. It's easy. I'll link it. I'll link it as well. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hookups, guys. Oh. Um, So okay. Yeah. Wait your turn, boy. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could edit your. I could edit your hookup all the way out. (laughs) That's true. That's facts. Or put it to the end. (laughs) (laughs) Just after the after the last song rolls. Oh yeah. have the credits and all of that and then oh yeah mo um so mine is a seven day journal by a guy that goes to my church his company called freedom and balance seven day journal for black people during this time to use kind of 
um, the emphasis is that there's a lot of people don't really have spaces to think mm. um, and they're, they're going on social media and just like emotional diarrhea, just verbalizing everything on social media. Mm. So he's produced this seven day journal guide to kind of just help people, help black people just think through how they're feeling right now um, privately. So they don't have to do that online. They don't have to do that publicly. Um, Cause yeah, the last thing you want is for someone to just like devalue what you're feeling and what you're going through publicly and having to justify that this is, I feel yeah. like this because yeah. of this. So yeah, just that personal space to kind of go through it. Um, it's a group called um, Freedom and Balance. Um, that's the that's the Twitter, uh, Instagram handle. Uh, it will be in the descriptions and stuff. And it's a, just a seven day journal. I think it's called I Love Us. And it's just like a seven day journal guide to just help you process your thoughts throughout this thing. I think we're currently on day three. So it's being released every day, but you can just go through the Instagram feed and get um, the previous day. So you just kind of go through it whenever you listen to this podcast. Um, So I was going to hook up um, Jane Elliott on her blue eyes uh, brown eyes exercise so anyone wanting to if you want to have a, a a balanced way to explain racism to people who still think that it doesn't exist or if you want to direct them to a white and right now old white lady who um, just post them up just, just <laughs> yeah don't do that um but yeah she she's a old american white lady and she articulates just like it, i think it shouldn't come down to this, but it's good when you hear it from someone that isn't, it isn't black. You, because then it, it removes any prejudices you might have to saying, oh, okay, no, it's just you know. So Jane Elliott, just search for her um, Jane Elliott's blue eyes, brown eyes exercise, and, and just have a have a listen. If you think racism is dead even today, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Nathaniel, do you have anything you want to hook up? Oh dear. No pressure. I, I, I didn't prepare for that one. <laughs> okay, okay, it's fine. I mean, in the addition YouTube to channel. Nathaniel the Tete, the YouTube channel, yeah. Oh, it's the, at the profiler. At the profiler. Oh, yes, 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 yes. On Instagram. Yeah. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Except for TikTok. I don't do TikTok. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Why did I say everywhere? I don't know. I don't mean everywhere. Mm. Uh, yeah. And my hookup is Victoria's Secret. Hey. <laughs> What? Victoria's Secrets. No, it's no. Um, um, their UK branch is going into administration. So, yeah. So, like, all the sales are going on. So, get some more famous during this time. I'm involved. I'm involved. Go on then, Peter. How? Why do you know this? It was it was on Sky News yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, I like Google it every day. Like, just, just, just see what's going on. I mean, those of us that are married maybe want to, you know, oh, purchase see, for... See, see the plug? I'm the plug right there. <laughs> so, well, who are you buying for right now? Huh? This is dangerous, man. Fam. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck up. You're stuck up. Stuck up in the warehouse, you know. <laughs> Get the right size, though. Oh, that's the thing. Once you start dating, you're like, yo, what's your size? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when I'm saying... It gets fam, awkward. 
it gets awkward if she is if she is in that size. You're like, oh, so you, you bought this for another size then? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> all I'm saying is there's more than lingerie at Victoria's Secret. Isn't there you go, and that's all oh, I'm saying. Trust me, my dog. You know a bit too much, you know. It's stress. Anyway, um, the value. Thank you very much again for yes, um, coming down. Let's let's Thanks end well. this. Um, shout out to Rude for the intro, out to music. Calvin Turner for the ordinary, amazing logo. You can find us at Twitter at the French UK. You can email us at tbsfurnacehotmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at the Furnace UK. No, TBS Furnace. Yes. TBS. TBS You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash black furnace. No apostrophe on all good podcasts and websites and apps, including iTunes, Spotify, them things there. Black Furnace with an apostrophe. That's it. Yeah. Um, on on Instagram, Mo, because uh, Mo took the lead on this one. Um, yeah, we're getting we've got some really really good feedback on the images that went up, uh, the oh, sound sorry, clips okay. that went up. Yeah, 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 people saying that it's super dope. So well done on that one. Thanks. Yo, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. Cool. Can I get again. Sister Black Peter? Oh, I was gonna say again. Thank you to Nathaniel for coming, man. Gosh, yeah, Peter wants to do all the jobs today. <laughs> you don't like that. Thanks, man. Nah. Okay, yeah. Peter, you, you might as well finish it now. All right, well. Now I changed my this... mind. This is the Blacksmith's <laughs> further side of that. Blah! <laughs> 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 <laughs>